Welcome to Searching for the Question Live. My name is David Orban, and I am very glad to have you following the show. Uh, we are streaming live simultaneously on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, on Twitch. Uh, and uh, you are welcome to ask questions, make comments. I will be able uh, to uh, select them and answer them uh, right here. Uh, but of course, uh, I would also like you to subscribe uh, to the channel in order to be alerted to uh, our future episodes. And uh, uh, you can also participate uh, in the Discord community where we uh, continue the conversations uh, around the themes uh, that we uh, from time to time uh, cover. Uh, and uh, if you uh, find uh, what I am uh, doing uh, valuable uh, on uh, searching uh, for the question live uh, or elsewhere, uh, you are also more than welcome uh, to sign up uh, as a fan, a supporter, uh, a sponsor, or a benefactor on Patreon at patreon.com slash David Orban. Uh, today's guest uh, is uh, Cosimo Orban. Uh, he is a VFX artist. Uh, that uh, explores uh, the various um, features and the various opportunities uh, of uh, a digital medium. Uh, this is something that is actually relatively uh, new. Uh, it is uh, not something that has been going on for uh, many years, maybe 10, 20, 30, definitely not more. A new field that is evolving very rapidly, that uh, we uh, see when we go uh, to the cinema, when we uh, watch a, a movie on television, but also as uh, part of uh, advertising or the data representation of um, how scientific results uh, can be communicated. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, in many fields today, um, concretely, visually representing your results has become very, very common. And many technologies that we cover on Searching for the Question Live concur. Um, computer science, artificial intelligence, um, popularizing results, uh, being able to understand the world, simulating, modeling, synthesizing realities. Um, also, full disclosure, as you may have uh, uh, gathered because uh, of uh, the same last name, uh, Cosimo is uh, one of my children. Uh, he is the middle son. So welcome, uh, Cosimo, to Searching for the Question Live. I, I thought I had seen your face before. That's right. And, <laughs> and so have I. Uh, so... Um, one of the things that I, I like to do uh, with uh, my guests uh, to, to break the ice is to ask uh, uh, where they are and to show them where I am. In your case, uh, this is uh, uh, not possible because we are both uh, uh, in the same place. Uh, so right. Bergamo, uh, Italy, um, it's a quite nice city. Um, 
tell me about it. Uh, you you were born here, right? Yeah. So um, I, I've lived as in staying in Bergamo for the entirety of my life for now. And I, I find it a very livable city. Um, it's very bustling. It's um, very, uh, it, it benefits greatly from its closeness to one of the greatest uh, airport hubs in Europe. And uh, that makes it a very tourist-like uh, uh, place to be. And, and that makes it um, very, very rewarding to to explore. But by all, I also had the pleasure to explore its, um, you know, um, livable neighborhoods and, and parks and the surrounding mountains, as you are so keen on on mentioning on your on your live streams. It's a very um, lucky spot to be in, so close to the mountains, so close to the sea. And in a, in a very cultural relevant site, and uh, it, it, there's some things for someone for anyone in, in this place. Um, so, uh, just to travel a bit uh, on on the planet here, um, if you were to pick one place uh, that uh, could be your favorite uh, today, what would it be outside of uh, Italy? Um, since I've traveled to Japan, I've been in love with it. And um, I've, I've had the chance to travel uh, thoroughly throughout the, uh, the Japan island, um, the, the main island. And uh, let's, I, I would pick Kyoto as my go-to city for, for Japan at this time. Let's go there. Let's go there, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, traveling is something we we both uh, love to do, uh, and these days uh, it is uh, only possible to travel yeah. uh, on 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 Google Earth uh, and and things like that. But uh, this is as close as we can get, and I'm still itching to to bring a, bring my carry on here, and and make it <laughs> make it full of clothes and 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 travel stuff. There you go. So this is Kyoto. Yeah, I've never been actually. Uh, I, I have been to other cities in in Japan, but um, I have never been to to Kyoto. It's so nice. It's such a great place, and I would um, I, I would love to go there again simply because there's there are lots of places where you get the feel that you will not get the full gist of how it works, how it clicks before having actually lived there for maybe weeks even and, and then you can say I, I've, I've i've lived through the the kyoto lifestyle or any other city has its own flavor and i found that the, that was the case in japan but it was pretty much the same in every in every country as well and it's one of the reasons why i love traveling so much so uh, scott summit is uh, following uh, the show and uh, he agrees with the Choice of Kyoto, uh, and uh, hello, Scott. Uh, great to Hi, have Scott. you here. Um, so let's go to um, your your passion for um, art in general and uh, and digital art uh, in in particular. Um, how 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 did it start? How do you remember uh, this passion starting? This is this is nice because we as me and you already had these kind of conversations 
and we get to explore it uh, even further. And this this might uh, you know light some some bulbs in your in your mind uh, for how things started off. I, I do remember vividly how I enjoyed watching animation movies and. When I was a kid, animation movies were very bare bones, and they were very primitive in uh, in in how things. You know, watching now an animated movie is nothing like Toy Story, where there was no global illumination or techniques that we use nowadays for making things look shiny and nice. And um, and and I was so young, and I was so you know, gawking at these very beautiful images and stories that I asked you, um, is this something get, that that someone does and that, that is created? How does this come to be? And you were very, um, um, you know, you were always thinking about how we could be directed into a path that we might enjoy and, and passions that we might explore. And um, you you did point me towards the fact that People did this as a job, as a profession, and um, so Toy Story came to be uh, just like any other uh, art production. And uh, there was a thought process, there was a, a workflow, and there were there were teams who did each the each did the part in, in bringing about this vision. And I was very impressed. I was very um, uh, excited to learn about it. Um, and and that started a various a a, a veritable uh, landslide of interest, because at that point I didn't know anything about that, and that my own passion was, uh, you know, uh, grounded in what I could read on the internet. I, I'm lucky enough to be a millennial, and I'm lucky enough to be uh, part of the of the generation of people who can get access to any information they want on the web. So no no matter that I wasn't in um, in LA or in San Francisco where uh, movie studios are making their big budget movies, I could get access to that knowledge. And little by little, I understood more and more about how things are um, created, how the um, you know, then an entire project starts from uh, from start to and, and gets completed, and and, and that you know um, inevitably led to led me to narrowing down the the funnel of my interest and, and focusing focusing it more even even more on what eventually led to me becoming a VFX artist. I could have been uh, the guy who sculpted the hair on uh, Sully here in Monsters, Inc. I could have been the guy who lit up the, the room of the little girl here in the same movie. And those are our professions within the same studio, but that was not something that I uh, found myself in. Uh, talk, talking about uh, uh, Monsters, Inc., uh, I remember um, at the time when this came out in 2001, uh, uh, streaming of movies over the internet was still not possible, so uh, I would buy uh, DVDs. And uh, um, traveling to the US, I would buy uh, the US version, yeah. carefully making sure that the audio would not be available in Italian. That's right. And uh, and uh, it was it was uh, amazing because yes. 
all of you uh, watched uh, the movies uh, in, in English. And, and the reason I wanted that is because you uh, would learn English, and, and you did. But at the same time, uh, all of you were contrarian enough to just to provoke and, and to, to, to disturb, you would set it in Turkish. I, I, I do remember that, but it was not for the purpose of disturbing the peace. It was because our brains couldn't handle that much English in one sitting. I, I, I would have pretended to want to learn Turkish uh, instead of watching Monsters, Inc. in English for the fifth time in a day. Um, and I do remember that phrase you're quoting there. I, it's not going to be that pronunciation, I'm sure, but Gerenduze Vazowski is, right. <laughs> is the snail lady. Uh, saying, I'm watching you, Wazowski, in Monsters, Inc., and it's one of those go-to sentences that we do quote. Uh, yeah, exactly, that that part there. It's, I'm uh, watching you, Wazowski, yeah, yeah, watching yeah. you, Wazowski. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and yes, in Turkish, we, we learned it in Turkish. Also, I, I am not, I'm not going to give the uh, mantle of English teacher to movies, I'm going to give it to video games. I'm sorry. You should have brought oh, okay. me. No, that's fine. That's fine. So, so you know, whatever it is, uh, your your sister, uh, hopefully uh, a guest uh, in the near future on the show as well. Yeah. Um, uh, she learned it uh, via um, songs and uh, from um, fan subbing. Uh, She's a band. What do you expect? And. And, and and you 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 say video games. So which uh, video game you remember uh, struggling uh, but enjoying uh, in English? Um, um, I do remember that in my earliest memories of video game playing, it, it was Age of Empires. So that was one of the franchises where um, it was a real time strategy game, and it was very resource based and stuff and it was all in english and it was yeah isometric uh, and and uh, menus all over the place icons and it was strategic so in order to get good at it you needed to know what you were doing so there was an element of um of improvement to you know one-to-one -one improvement to your understanding of the game and you're getting better at it and the visuals was not, were nice for a seven-year-old brain, and um, it was nice and shiny. Uh, I loved, uh, I loved it very much. That and uh, probably Civilization Three, which is old as shizzle. Yeah, and uh, this is even more. You know, this is to the power of three of Age of Empires. This not, this is not even real time. You had all the time in the world to make it happen and to learn even the, the 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 most advanced functions and this was this one had politics in it it had uh, geo dynamics of a scale that i couldn't handle at the time and that i i still cannot i guess uh, but this um led me to the point where i think i thought i could uh, eventually start reading books in english and mm -hmm. I, I found myself in the uh, situation where I couldn't. I, I really wanted to, but I couldn't. I, I, I wasn't ready for it. And one book, I, I, I would be surprised if you can find it. 
One uh, I, I, I'm gonna try. Uh, I forgive me if I time. if I leave you alone uh, on the screen while yeah, I'm, ahead. I'm I can going. handle it. I can handle the crowd. Um, the book that I tried to uh, you know sink my English teeth on was A Fire Upon the Deep, and I do not remember the author at this time. I'm sorry, but it was a very um, well. I'm spoiling it already because I I'm, I'm telling you guys that I eventually got to read it. I, I managed to, but at the first maybe two or three times that I tried to to run it through, I, I couldn't, and um, I was very frustrated by it because um, it sounded like a very interesting story, and I'm drawn to interesting stories, especially sci-fi stories, um, and um, that, and also Diamond Age, another one which I still didn't read. Uh, that is one of those books that I have in my backlog and I'm putting it behind foundation. You will excuse me for that. And um, I also read Dune very recently. Um, all books that I um, I know I'm enjoying much more because of their English. So, so uh, 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 Fire Upon the Deep is Vernor Vingy. Oh, there you go. Um, and... And 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 I I didn't find it, but I I did find what I thought would be the one that uh, that you would you would mention. Oh, that one, that one too. Right, yeah, one too. Neil Gaiman's Neil Gaiman's uh, American Gods. Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so um, let's let's go back to uh, your realizing that you couldn't only consume these things but you could you could start and build uh, things right right um, uh, and it's, it, uh, it is an interesting story because at that point I, I i was a very broad consumer in the sense that i didn't um you know put my effort into anything vertically i wanted to know and something about everything in the digital arts um, department, industry, world. And um, I, I was more interested in some things and less interested in others. And um, there were some very interesting um, sidetracks that I explored along the way. So one of the, uh, of the topics that I uh, invested in um, initially was 3D modeling. So. It is the um, the simpler causing of CAD because it's, it's much freer. It's much um, less subdued by restraints. Yeah, I, I'm, I see you're showing my art station. These are some very early 3D models, not the earliest. I know you do remember the earliest. Uh, it's it's uh, the panda, right? Yeah, it is one of the earliest. I think you will find it on my Facebook page. There's an album for that dating back to 2008. And um, by learning to model, I was very proud of my creations. I was very interested in their development and their, their being. And you being on my shoulder all the time uh, directed my interest into something else that was raising at, uh, rising at the time, which was 3D printing. So the Panda, which you're not finding, uh, is one of the very first 3D models that I had 3D printed. Mm -hmm. And that was back in 2010, um, maybe even earlier. 
uh, and it was through Shapeways um, online service for 3D printing um, in a powder-based technology, uh, one of the only available of the resolution that I needed for that part to be, you know, affordable uh, because FDM or any other material would have been uh, cost expensive. Um, but I, I was very, uh, I was very excited to have that process of designing the part, having it on my screen, and then magically happen it happen to have it in my hands without, you know, much in the way of tools and and hands, uh, you know, nitpicking at material. And um, along the way, I even learned a lot about 3D printing, of course, because there are some optimizations that need to happen for the part to be 3D printable and not cost an eye and a leg, and um, for it to be within the thresholds of, of printability and uh, so on and so forth. So there you go. This is actually my Shapeway store, and this is a, a very good Panda model. A very good model. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you turn it around. You will see on its butt that there is a hole, and it's not a pun. It's, it's a way for me. <laughs> it's a very convenient hole. It makes it hollow, so that I don't have to um, pay for the material inside. It's much more light, and it's much more uh, easy to. To print and deliver, 3D printing is nice like that. That it doesn't require for the part to be, you know, too constrained by uh, usual um, manufacturing technologies. Uh, this was also very nice. The twisted yeah. part. Yeah. Uh, in in uh, it was a few years that I had this uh, tradition of 3D modeling and 3D printing a new heart heart uh, shaped necklace for my girlfriend. Um, and, and, and the designs carried on for three iterations before I, I didn't carry on with that. But, um, yeah, I do, I do like them. It's, it's nice, uh, pieces of jewelry. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, this is, uh, inexpensive enough, uh, even in metal. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, you're now looking at the pricing for white, natural, versatile plastic. Oh, so steel is probably going to be yeah you know not that not that bad, not that bad at all. Yeah, 30, 30 euro in this case. Yeah. Um, now, how come you didn't uh, keep going in three uh, D printing? Well, you could say that I didn't keep going, but I did in the sense that I, I kept on exploring the technology. I kept on. Um, uh, testing it out and learning about it. Um, there was a time where for a few years I was very vocal about it. And in Italy, at least, I was um, one of those um, people who you would see on a stage talking about how transformative it would be and how the industry 4.0 would be around the corner and, and transform everything uh, that they own. And... Um, it, it is it is still part of my um, professional uh, life and, and background. I I've, I've, um, uh, I have and I am working with Authentize at this moment, moment, a company based in the uh, well 
the development team is all over, but based in uh, the US, developing a software a platform for additive manufacturing workflow. And um, it was part of my uh, 3D printing journey to, to join with them and to learn about the uh, technology hurdles of the you know the hardware itself but also how the data could be leveraged for um, a much more efficient and optimized workflow and um, the the various ways in which this must be the foundation of a 21st century manufacturing operation uh, to makes make it so that 3d printing can actually live to its potential um, so this yeah, it's, it's funny uh, uh, authentize was founded by a, a student of mine at singularity university andre uh, wagner yeah. and um, uh, just to 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 illustrate the strangeness because you say oh i suggest or influence or or nudge i didn't even know they engaged you you told me about it and I and I didn't even uh, even didn't even realize. Neither you nor Andre uh, told me beforehand that you started uh, collaborating, uh, and it was cool. You know, it, I I was okay. <laughs> that's great. Well, that's what networks are for. I mean, they don't need an active hand for things to happen. At that point, I was writing uh, journalistically for three uh, D printing industry and other. I had a project in Italy for um, 3D printing journalism um, that I, I was pushing and I was writing for. So I, I was, uh, you know, wetting my feet in a, a wider scope of 3D printing, uh, you know, influence. And Andre picked me up from there, and uh, I'm, I'm glad they did. And, and then, so. Yeah. So uh, we will go uh, and and go back to talk about uh, your art, uh, but I uh, was browsing your photos and and couldn't uh, but uh, stop uh, on, on this where you are <laughs> hugging uh, Nigel, a mutual friend and a proud uh, cyborg uh, who died uh, just a few weeks ago. So I yeah. I want to acknowledge him for for a moment. Yeah, this is a great photo and a great moment that I do remember candidly. Um, Nigel was such a great person and a great influence on me and a lot of other people um, for his positivity and his great, great um, human being. Uh, and, and yeah, this this was a great moment for uh, for me. Okay, so let's uh, go uh, in 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 the meat uh, uh, of it a bit, uh, and uh, look at um, some of your latest work, because oh, yes, uh, we could, uh, we could uh, certainly um, talk about each of uh, your uh, your works, uh, but uh, let's uh, let's start with one in particular. And then look at uh, maybe four. Now these are uh, videos, and I want to start with the seasons of uh, Buddha. Uh, they are all short, so we can watch them first, and then maybe comment them. Okay? Right. Okay. So uh, that's uh, pretty cool. Uh, 
uh, and, and I have no idea how it is done. Just right. I, as as they say, I wouldn't even know where to start. Um, well, this is interesting. Um, I would, let's see if I can find it, just real quick. I suppose you are looking for a book. We have a show here. Please, can you come back? <laughs> here I am. Um, okay. I did manage to find it. And this is an interesting story. Um, I, was, um, I was accompanying a friend of mine to the Tunisian embassy to get uh, some paperwork done. And it was uh, a very strong... A friend, a friend like Sabri here, maybe? A friend just like him. Just like him. And uh, we, we got caught in a very strong hailstorm, like very strong in, in the middle of Milan. And we huddled together with uh, some tens of people in a bar. We were lucky enough to find a, a table and we sat and we got coffee. And he was talking to uh, some, some people. And I, I don't even know how, but I got this idea of, of a... a of a very short project, a VFX project. And this is one of the very first storyboards that I ever did. Um, and, I, and I try to remember from my many hours of viewing of uh, you know digital, art, digital arts creation, how these things should go and how they should be designed to help the uh, process. And you can see that this is practically spot, spot on with the video. We have the bamboo at the first shot, then the close-up of the statue and some comments and uh, directions for the shot to happen. So you're saying you do not know how these things are built. Nobody does. I don't. I didn't know. I didn't know the, the bricks, how they should be laid. I, I had this idea. And then what led next was the... Um, you know, okay, so I have a concept and I need to build all of this stuff. And I went through the process of modeling, of creating the 3D uh, files for it. And uh, those files were used for layout purposes, for uh, creating the scene and the composition and laying it down the camera, knowing the angle, knowing the movements and what was in camera and when and how to optimize on the scene creation so that I didn't have to go nuts creating, uh, you know, the mountains for hundreds of kilometers beyond. I could just put a plate as they did in the old, old times. And um, all of this came as I uh, went about it. I, it was. It is one of the very earlier uh, projects that I did uh, of this scope, so it was a learning experience for me as well. Uh, it's what I'm trying to say, and um, it is a project that got me to, you know, to to have a, a hand in pretty much any um, any side of the production process itself. I needed to direct. I needed to do my photography, to do my modeling, to do my post-processing, and the one bit that I didn't do, or that I did put some direction, don't spoil. <laughs> I am, oh, this is so short, sorry. It is very short, and I, I'll get about it in a minute. 
um, the one bit that I didn't do and that I'm kind of bummed that they could you that you couldn't uh, put the audio in the stream because we couldn't hear anything um, is that um, I didn't do the sound design that was handled by a friend of mine called Nicholas Frickleton and he has a passion just like me of arts and and production but on the other side of the equation which is sound design and he did uh, all of the very you know delicate uh, equili uh, you know um, equilibrium of sound and uh, music design and sound design in the midst so the scene had its own rhythm but it also had its own elements its uh, environmental elements that wanted to have a place in the in the cacophony of the design of the sound design and uh, so uh, yeah. i didn't realize that uh, i wasn't sharing audio i can do that as well uh, and uh, yes the audio of uh, the monk uh, video is very nice yeah. too so uh, let's uh, look at some uh, uh, other uh, videos of yours and then yeah, well, I because I, I did collaborate with him on many other projects so he has a hand in those recent ones as well yeah um uh, what i what i want is to talk about your tools uh not only the process but the tools as well uh, in the meantime david dewert uh, says hello uh from uh, from canada uh and uh, lots of friends around the world uh, uh chiming in awesome. so let's uh, let's look at this i i like this one too Sorry, let me uh, play it uh, here because it, it wouldn't go full screen otherwise. Yeah, it does. So this is a nice one. Um, it's a smaller project in scope, but I I, I did learn a lot of a, a, through it, and it's one of the reasons why I start on a project uh, for starters. Um, and and we also often say that we put ourselves in our work, and uh, this is true in the sense that we we do have experience as scuba divers and scuba diving, and we do have. Um, you know, first-hand experience of how things happen underwater and uh, the dynamics of the lighting and the sound. This is all part of us, you know, informing how it works on uh, on scenes like this. And you were asking about the tools. And it's, um, as I mentioned at the very beginning of, the, of our discussion, my my interest focused as I went about learning it. And um, as I did, I converged more and more on VFX, which is the art of creating um, dynamic effects 
for uh, movies and advertising and any art project, for example, you would imagine a building collapse or an explosion or any kind of magic effect or liquid simulation, smoke simulation, pyro, and any of that sort. Um, and for that, uh, we use uh, the, the, one of the industry standards tool is Houdini, uh, developed by SideFX. And um, it's a very, very powerful tool that uh, is can very- you, Can you share your screen and show it a little bit how it works? Um, on my Mac, that wouldn't be a great idea. And okay. I don't even think I have it on my Mac, unfortunately. Okay, no, no, don't worry. But um, the concept and the uh, uniqueness of this tool is that it is node-based. So usually you would have a tool like Autodesk Maya, where the uh, you know the active part of the uh, the, the artist is um, you know tracked through a history, yes, but it doesn't happen parametrically to its other to the other scenes components. It's not smart in that way, and um, because of that, is much less powerful. But a node-based system is uh, informed by uh, previous steps and uh, can make changes percolate down the line so that you do not have to, uh, you know, re-scramble the eggs just to get the omelet. You just pick new eggs. And the, and the whole process happens automatically. And that is just one of the examples that this tool is very advanced in its own right. And uh, you see the node-based system right there. Um, but it is a very powerful tool for, um, you know, uh, fire simulation, um, liquids I mentioned, um, anything to do with uh, real simulation. Um, yeah, this is a good one as well. The Hindenburg crash, one of the most recent ones. Uh, do pick the audio as well. You need to unmute it, yeah. So this is one of the last personal projects that I completed. Um, and uh, also, well, one of the one of those that I'm most proud of simply because I, I do like it very much. And um, it does uh, bring my my knowledge to some kind of, of, of level that I didn't think I could attain just some few years ago. Um, so, so uh, t tell us a little bit about the difficulties here. Uh, what, what were the most uh, challenging um, components? Well, first, for, first and foremost, this is a very large simulation. So this is actually 200 meters of Hindenburg um, uh, vehicle. And I, I was very keen on maintaining that size uh, relevance because these simulations are not easily fooled. You, you cannot go around corners too much. If you want the fire to look um, to look um, the part, you need to have it to scale. 
otherwise the turbulence won't won't work the the, um, the pressure solvers of the simulations won't be enough and um and that is a very important step that i learned through it this and, is the, when you say it's it's 200 meters that is in relationship of the smallest feature so what is the smallest feature that you had to uh, model in your simulation uh well, compared to the maximum size yeah so you you there are various components as you can see of the projects there is the fire there is the smoke there is the tearing of the um outer cloth there is the bending of the metal structure and each of those had its own um let's say simulation resolution and um we can say that the uh one you know the greatest resolution of the project is the fire simply because it was the uh, number one um, player of the scene and I wanted it to look good and that meant that I needed to do a lot of optimizations to the scene so what you're seeing as one big chunk of fire and simulation is actually divided into many smaller domains of simulation and uh, that meant that my RAM usage was uh you know uh, serviceable still for this kind of job you would need uh, above 64 gigs of ram for for anything that you could work with um and 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 things of that sort that you need to uh work through to make it happen and this is more relevant of course for personal project and and for freelancers uh, because you do not have the resources of a studio you are working with your own uh, workstation, and there are limits in that. Unless you're, uh, you know, um, making use of cloud solutions for uh, workstations and rendering capabilities, these are limits that you need to work with. Still, um, I've, I've recently began a career. Uh, as a, as a studio artist in- Yeah, uh, you said this was uh, your last uh, personal project. Uh, yeah. And, uh, as opposed to, to, to what? As opposed to, uh, you know, spending the six, uh, the past six months on uh, a, a, a professional project. So I, I've been onboarded into EDI as of uh, July uh, as an effects artist. And I've been, you know, thrown into the deep of uh, the movie uh, production of Freaks Out, which is the yeah the, the poster you see right there, uh, still undelivered in in the sense that it doesn't have that red stripe of the all, of all the others, uh -huh. but uh, it's uh, it's concluding right now and it's going to be um, out in the earliest of December, and um, that was the very first um, feature film experience that I've ever had. So it was it was novelty from all sides, if you want, because I did I never worked on a feature film, but much less than that, I didn't I've never worked on a, in a studio, and I've never had to uh, work with the pipeline that uh, follows it, and uh, and collaborate with uh, uh, you know uh, colleagues. That, that do the same and have their part in projects that are larger than your own computer. So there were many sides to it that I needed to, to make it uh, and work with. But it was a tremendous experience. It was something that I, I could not have dreamed was 
you know, actually uh, something that was within my grasp as of a few years ago. And I'm happy that I could reach this point. But um, I'm also excited to, to see what comes next. It's always uh, a challenge for seeing what is the next best thing. And, you know, uh, I'm, I'm learning from my work and I'm, I'm, I'm also learning so much more from my colleagues and supervisors, which are light years ahead of me. And, and, and in the meantime, you, uh, you gained your first uh, IMDb credit uh, as, yeah. as part of the, the crew on actually a different a great, project. Uh, honor, yeah. Uh, this is available on Netflix. Uh, yep. So uh, actually, it's oh, going to be available next week. Yeah, next week. Yeah. But it's, it's, you can already queue it up. Yeah. Uh, um, Rose, Rose Island. Um, okay. And, um, so I always, uh, taunt you that, uh, that AI, uh, is, is something that you cannot ignore. Uh, and, you know, I, I think you are already using AI, uh, Houdini, uh, in its various components, uh, or the physics, uh, knowledge of, of the engine, uh, because you don't have to, um, program into the system certain things about the world uh, is already made of AI. Mm -hmm. So uh, it is not a question whether you are going to use it. It's a question, are you going to keep pace with the evolution uh, of AI? And, uh, and I'm often showing you to provoke uh, uh, you and to, to, to taunt you uh, two minutes papers, uh, which uh, 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 not universally or or only, but very frequently uh, shows uh, uh, visual uh, effects uh, results uh, of uh, uh, of uh, how um, certain things that were not possible before uh, are are now possible right but uh, and then i ask you how this is going to impact uh, your your work it it bring, it's interesting because those videos by two minutes papers are often um showing off the confluence of um you know real simulations into how things are handled by uh, digital artists because we've reached the point where we cannot fake it anymore we need to get into the, the, the dirt of how actually things are, are manifesting in the real world for it to look believable. And um, we have always found uh, short, shortcuts for those effects to, to you know, look appreciable and acceptable, but uh, standards are always increasing. And one of, you know, I mentioned the, um, the example of Toy Story, where uh, at the time there was no global illumination. So that meant that light didn't bounce around the scene from a direct light source. There was no indirect lighting. And still that meant, even with the, sh with the shortcut of only direct illumination, that Toy Story needed like a, a, a thousand years of uh, uh, summed up rendering time something along those lines. So the advancement of uh, our 
um, you know, sophistication is on par with our technological capabilities. And it's only through that that we can make the, you know, push for the challenge of uh, realism and simulation. And you're, you, you mentioned AI as a tool for, um, to bring that about, and it's totally true. Uh, a conversations that we, uh, me and you, sometimes have is when do we start naming a tool a an AI? When does that distinction become something that we can define? And um, it, it is a, a very very fuzzy line, but it's something that is uh, becoming also more and more on the front, uh, you know, front face of the newest uh, technology by, um, you know, uh, I, I'm mentioning now NVIDIA, for example. Uh, there is a very recent technology which is called DLSS, which is deep learning um, super sampling. <clears throat> and it has to do with a, a deep, lear deep learning uh, algorithm which goes through uh, low resolution images and gets uh, motion vectors out of them uh, by knowing the uh, the past frames and next frames and understands how that image may be upscaled uh, for a, uh, a an ups, uh, you know a, a higher resolution result but with the low resolution cost of uh, a traditional for example full HD image um, and, and and this is only coming about through specific chip uh, uh, course within the most recent graphics cards. And um, so at that point, AI is a uh, result of technology, of, of greater hardware. Um, so the distinction now is made by the cards, not necessarily by the software. The software is, is, a, is, a, is a, uh, you know, an overlay of the hardware in that sense. Yeah, so, so what is what is doable what is achievable always goes hand in hand uh, with the resources until it is doable it becomes a dream and then from a for a very short period of time it is at the exclusive domain of those who can afford it uh, and the others are yearning for that uh, uh, resource and then it becomes commoditized and yeah. and everyone can buy for a hundred euro the next uh, graphics card that is able uh, able to do it. Um, uh, I was uh, trying to find uh, uh, before, and, and you may uh, remember it, um, the movie, uh, a, a Japanese-inspired, at least, uh, animation movie that was one of the first uh, to, to use uh, uh, um, deep uh, skin scattering. Um, it, uh, um, <laughs> you, you were small enough to be afraid, and actually, you went to watch another movie. Oh man, Final Fantasy! Final Fantasy, uh, because Did uh, it have surface scattering. Yes, yes, uh, it was. It was very. At least I, I remember it being famous uh, for you know that. that? It's interesting because I remember being at the movie theater with you trying to see that movie. I couldn't handle it because I was too young and too easily scared. And yes. we went to the to the um, you know to the 
theater room just to the side and the movie that they were projecting there was Shrek 1. Oh, there you go. That is what it was. And okay. I, I did enjoy it much more. And of course. I, you know, with hindsight, I do think that Shrek also had subsurface scattering, something that I do remember in the ears of the orc as the light passes through. Could be. What, yeah. but, but the reason I'm mentioning uh, um, Final Fantasy is because I think there is an important uh, opposition between this movie and Toy Story. Hmm. The reason why Toy Story's protagonists are toys is because we can immediately apply the suspension of disbelief True. that enables us to overcome the uncanny valley. This movie, Final Fantasy, was a little bit over-ambitious. The representation of human characters required a kind of fidelity that they couldn't still handle. And yeah. it is still very, very hard. But the viewers of the movie were not expecting to have to suspend their disbelief. They were expecting to see human characters. So I... Uh, wonder um what the rating of that is going to be and i expect a relatively low rating i think it's going to be relatively high high you you think it's high yeah uh you're looking through companies oh okay sorry Not the remake. This one. I think that one. 6.4. So um, not too low, but not very high either. Mm -hmm. Although I do think it's a matter of storytelling because the movie in itself was an entire, um, an entire animated movie. It didn't, you know, mix th uh, real people with uh, animated characters. And there was uh, a suspension of disbelief in that as well, because you were buying that world. There were monsters, which in itself are not, um, you know, tied to reality. And uh, you were buying that world also because of how the, um, you know, it ties to a video game. Just put it simply, Final Fantasy is in itself a, a video game series. And moviegoers wouldn't go and see the movie without that background knowledge. So it's much more easy to to make it uh, a kinder... Let, let uh, me read video. out uh, this long uh, question, but important question from Scott. As undetectable photorealism matures and the ability to distinguish real footage and human video becomes increasingly difficult, what challenges do you foresee this may pose for democracy when the electoral electorate can no longer assume that we can detect reality from well-crafted propaganda Will confidence in our own knowledge diminish? So, are you afraid of being a tool of uh, uh, of uh, propaganda? Or do you believe that uh, you should be checking whether there are moral implications in in in, in your work and and uh, uh, what you get assigned, maybe? Um, and uh, and and is it is it a responsibility that you are ready to to handle? Um, I'm so uh, 
I'm still so young into the field that I didn't have to confront my, you know, myself with that kind of reasoning in, in professional terms. So I wouldn't know how I would behave if I were to produce a piece of propaganda video, for example. I, 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 I would have an opinion that it would not be the right effort for me and, and the right content to be created. But um, the, the question explicitly asks if we would, um, if that would pose a, a, a danger to democracy. And I think the, um, the, the answer goes deeper than what, what is our um, uh, relationship with the content rather than its distribution. Um, because simply from the uh, uh, very recent um, election in the US, we, we got a glimpse into how uh, social platforms are handling, um, you know, uh, uh, statements, uh, political statements from both sides and from uh, any direction, as uh, this needs to be uh, fact-checked. And for any uh, facts regarding X topic, please do uh, review uh, official sources. And that would be the same for uh, also for computer generated content that would be flagged as propaganda. It's a matter of flagging that content that ev eventually leads to that um, to that question uh, to be to be posed. Yes, that our tools uh, are evolving and are becoming uh, as sophisticated for defending uh, our um, coherent description of the world and cohesive understanding of what we hear or what we see as the tools that attack that kind of worldview. Yeah. And, and uh, the danger lies not in the ability of those who wield those tools to attack or defend, the danger lies in the inability of those who give up. And that is what uh, uh, comports, uh, the, the consequence of that giving up is the fragmentation of reality, uh, which I actually... Um, addressed a couple of weeks ago in my weekly series, The, the Context. And, and this fragmentation of reality is, I believe, uh, very important because we are uh, pattern-matching machines. And if we stop trusting uh, the tools that uh, uh, we have available, it still doesn't stop us from wanting to create meaning. But instead of being able to rely on reason and science and a coherent worldview, we will create meaning through superstition, conspiracy theories, and uh, uh, desperately um, uh, trying to have trust in people who will crave uh, our faith in them but who do not deserve it. So uh, the challenge that Scott highlights is uh, of a fundamental nature. It doesn't depend on the tools. In, it depends on our ability uh, to 
keep up uh, with the world. And uh, actually, um, uh, this uh, past week, uh, I offered one of two uh, uh, sets of tools that uh, enhance our ability to keep up with the world, which is intelligence augmentation, uh, even more technology to help with that. And uh, tomorrow I am going to record the uh, next uh, episode of The Context, which will air uh, this uh, Sunday uh, for Patreon supporters. So hurry up and sign up as a supporter if you want to have it in advance uh, from anyone else. And that is going to talk about the second tool, uh, which is collective intelligence. Because collective intelligence is what creates Wikipedia or even what creates a, a, a smartphone. There is no length of study and passion and talent that would ever enable you to create a smartphone. Um, I don't know if, Cosimo, you were um, following the project where someone wanted to create a toaster from scratch. Um, and uh, they went as far as mining the ore that they need to create uh, the, um, not the steel, but uh, the bronze maybe, and then uh, design the components and then smelter and then, you know, and and uh, the the toaster ended up cost costing, I think something like two thousand dollars in time and resources, rather than twenty, right? Mm -hmm. And it was working just once, and then it broke, um, and, and it didn't work very well, and it was dangerous, maybe even poisoned the slice of bread, you know, just a disaster. But it was the level of complexity that still someone going to the root of knowledge could achieve. But that's it. Only the complex civilization that we have, and it is so precious, is able to generate the miracles that we are holding in our hands uh, every day. Right. So uh, thank you, uh, Scott. And, and, and he agrees uh, with us. Uh, uh, and... Uh, um, uh, conspiracy, the conspiracy theories are certainly dangerous. Uh, your your grandmother complains uh, that uh, we didn't show the 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 hand that you designed oh, yeah. in 3D printing, which is also a nice uh, object, and that we didn't cover the book uh, that uh, that you wrote about network society uh, in Italian. Well, uh, you will have to come back. Um, um, with many guests, uh, there are more things to talk about that than time uh, we have to cover them. So, thank you very much for being uh, with us, uh, and uh, I am looking forward to having you back uh, on uh, searching for the question live. Absolutely, it's been my pleasure, and um, hopefully, next time, new personal projects and professional projects that we can review and learn from. I'm sure there will be plenty. Goodbye to the next time. Thank you so much. So uh, thanks everyone for uh, following us from all over the world, uh, from Canada, from the Netherlands, from Italy, uh, and uh, many more places, I'm sure, on uh, searching for the question live. Uh, please uh, do come and participate. 
by suggesting uh, new guests, uh, uh, um, becoming part of the Discord community where we converse, uh, signing up uh, for my uh, newsletter, or subscribing to uh, the Parallel channel where we have uh, um, uh, guests uh, and, and we speak in Italian at davidorban.com slash YouTube Italiano. And finally, if you find all of this uh, valuable, join and uh, sign up on uh, Patreon uh, as uh, a, a, a fan, a, a supporter, a sponsor, or benefactor at uh, patreon.com uh, slash uh, David Orban. Uh, thank you, and uh, see you at the next uh, episode of uh, Searching uh, for the Question Live.